It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Now let's go to my guest, Michael Henry. Again, apropos, if you will, uh, Republican Attorney General candidate uh, in New York. New York City, the council has approved, the incoming mayor approves and endorses Eric Adams, the incoming mayor, the idea that non-citizens should vote in local elections in New York City. Now, Michael, if elected attorney general of the state of New York and the responsibility of an attorney general, would it be on you to challenge the city of New York on behalf of the citizens of New York State? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. First off, thank you for having me, David. But yes, I, I believe it's unconstitutional, and I'm not going to wait to become the attorney general of the state of New York. The moment Mayor de Blasio's ink dries on this, since he's now signaled that he's changed his position from prior uh, saying that it was unconstitutional to now saying he's going to sign it, I will file a lawsuit in my personal capacity to stop this because what what this will do was it, it will embolden them to do this on the state level. And if they do that, we will not win elections in this state. And New York is actually a more conservative state. Uh, we recently in vote when it comes to voting, we recently just voted down uh, same day voter registration and no excuse absentee balloting. And the people do not want this, in my opinion. And I believe this was a response to some of the shifts they seen in the 2021 elections with uh, certain minority groups such as Asians, Latinos and Russian and Ukrainians starting to come to the Republican Party in large numbers. So I will absolutely file a lawsuit the moment Mayor de Blasio, his ink dries on this bill. You know, to play devil's advocate, you know, something mm-hmm. that uh, that you do often as you learn and practice your your profession, you try to argue against yourself. I certainly do as a talk show host. How could anyone make the case for non-citizens casting a vote? Now, I hear the easy response, which is they live in the city. But the fact is, if you're a non-citizen, whether you're lawfully present or illegal, it's simply not in U.S. code. So how do they make the argument beyond the emotional? Well, there's two things. First, um, Illegal aliens aren't covered under this bill, but that'll be the next step. Uh, their argument is taxation without representation, but there, there's a couple things to that. Number one, these people do receive benefits for the taxes that they pay. Secondly, you have people that work in the city from New Jersey and Connecticut that are paying taxes uh, because they, they work in the city. Uh, it, it's clear that the New York State Constitution, Article 2, Section 1, uh, defines the qualification of a voter, and it specifically uses the word citizen. And our election law uh, similarly says that you have to be a U.S. citizen. Now, is it a plain textual reading where someone can make the argument that uh, this could apply at a local level? It's possible. But New York in 1804 started to take steps against non-citizen voting. It was actually one of the first states. And for the last 200 years, it's always been against non-citizen voting. And I say it's a violation of the state constitution, not federal law in this matter, but state constitution, because the federal law only uh, bans uh, non-citizens from voting in federal elections. Here, it's clear that even Mayor de Blasio's office initially conceded that it violates the state constitution to allow non-citizens to vote in New York City elections. Yeah, if you're to believe de Blasio on just about anything, I I (laughs) guess I could see that. But, uh, you know... 
the reason I asked the question that way, and for point of clarification, important for people out there, 808,000 uh, lawfully present but not illegal yet. But you see, this is, this is the catch here. Smart strategy on their part. When you have such low voter turnout in the city of New York across the five boroughs, the example of the most recent mayoral election, and you move the voter rolls enough of a small percentage, you solidify your victories even more. Republicans are already outnumbered in the city of New York in voter registration. New York City only elects non-Democrats in the sense of Rudy Giuliani, uh, uh, Michael Bloomberg on, on a citywide scale, and occasionally in the boroughs you get something. But the the, the Democrats are smart because they're thinking ahead. You start with lawfully present non-citizens. You have illegal aliens who will have children or have already had children who are reaching the age of majority. When I look at the New York City breakdown by the Census Bureau, and you even go down to certain areas, you know, you start to see where their strategy works. They shift the city, which can then be the heavyweight shift for the state of New York. So this is a defined long-term strategy, isn't it? I, I totally believe that. And, and I think one of the things you pointed out um, was Mayor Giuliani. Mayor Giuliani spent over a million dollars on election integrity when he ran. And I think the problem with Republicans is we often tend to fight with each other before we fight with Democrats, and we don't see the long-term plans in place that the Democrats have. And what happens is after the Democrats succeed in getting what they want, we become reactive instead of proactively trying to fight what they're doing. This is clear what they're doing. You stated it perfectly. They're literally trying to change the voting base of New York City and then eventually New York State. 800,000 people that's, I mean, you, you don't have that many voters in some states. And to allow people to do this, it could carry every city election. Then they'll do it, be emboldened to do it at the state level. And then you'll see other states start to do it and follow it. And the problem for Republicans is we can't sit here and wait and say, oh, well, if we win the next election. No, we have to say it's unconstitutional now and we have to fight it now. And Republicans need to understand that the argument you made is exactly what they are trying to do. It's a long-term strategy. They've been talking about this for nearly 20 years, and they're finally emboldened enough to just go ahead and try to do it. And uh, Mayor de Blasio has just signed on. Eric Adams has taken the position that he will sign it. So the only thing we could do is try to fight the constitutionality of this and, and stop it before it starts to spread. The next question goes to your campaign. This is the challenge in New York. There has been an effective strategy for years, the growth of the Working Families Party. Their candidate, Letitia James, worked her way through local election to the attorney general's seat. Cuomo was the target, but New York is the goal for the left. She, Letitia James, unlike a Kathy Hochul, is much more to the left and much more electable on the shoulders of Cuomo's demise. That pushes her up, and now you're in a battle with several leftists like Zephyr Teachout, a known leftist in New York State. And if the Working Families Party could be effective in getting Letitia James into the attorney general's seat, how do you win the race, given what you're up against in New York State? Right. The first thing to do is understand that we don't have a, a get out the vote operation that's going to create enough Republicans and right leaning independents. 
So the first thing you do is you solidify your base upstate and, and in Suffolk County, Long Island. Um, there was two counties that Andrew Cuomo won that are traditionally Republican. Uh, that was Richmond County, Staten Island, and Nassau County, which I believe will come back to our column uh, this cycle. And then you have to find enough votes in the outer boroughs. And where do you find those votes? You find those votes in a lot of the immigrant communities, like the Asian American communities, who have a lot of registered voters but haven't been turning out. And now we're seeing issues like crime. Education is a big issue in that community. Uh, uh, small business ownership, because the businesses are being overregulated. Latinos, who are very culturally conservative. This last cycle, there was a 30-point shift to Curtis Lewa in uh, Latino voters. He won almost every Asian American district in the city. And then we go to some other immigrant groups like Albanians, Russian Ukrainians, people that have fled communist countries who don't like what they're seeing. And then the white working class and some of the more conservative African American voters who have been horribly affected, horribly affected by these criminal justice, so called criminal justice reforms. So, do we have a pathway? Yes. Is it nearly impossible? Yes. But if we don't do it in 2022, it's not going to happen. And one of the things we have to do is understand that Democrats will do everything they can to win this election. So we have to be prepared to have people at the polling places, have the voter rolls clean, and many of these other things that traditionally Republicans just haven't been doing. And if we could you know, have the perfect storm, we can win this election. We can't effectuate change. But I'm not under uh, any disillusion that it's going to or under any illusion that I have zero margin for error to win this race. You essentially have 11 months till November 8th of 2022. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's where it stands right now. I I take your points, Michael, about the voter breakouts. I looked at the New York race closely. Uh, Your points about where Curtis Sliwa did better, other voting blocks that could shift. What about issues? Crime is obviously a headline and an easy one, but what about other issues? You have businesses that are dying in new york not just in the city but statewide as a result of these mandates and while it's attorney general there's also a responsibility for the attorney general's office when it comes to education based on the new york state constitution not that dissimilar to virginia's constitution and what it says about the right to education there are other issues out there and you need to get those mothers out you need those independent minded voters out especially in upstate counties so how do you do that right you 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 take some of the positions similar that were taken in virginia um one one thing and, and this is something that's been working with asian voters is the the discrimination in the school districts um you know i would fight to keep gifted and talented programs i would i would fight against some of these indoctrinations that are being taught in the schools I would, um, you know, be more proactive and seeing what's exactly going on with the teachers unions. And these are issues. I think that these issues, mainly I've been focusing on the three C's as a campaign, along with education, what I call crime, um, you know, repeal of bail reform. Uh, you know, I believe in, I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe in stopping parole reform. I think we need uh, reform on our parole board. Uh, there's also the issue of corruption, where New Yorkers have o- almost been numb to corruption. And then lastly, COVID justice, where I'm not under the disillusion that I could get or under the illusion I could get uh, 15,000 people uh, back to life. But what I can do is provide justice to these families. And, and this is a huge scandal in this state. And every county I go to, I meet someone of every ethnic background that lost a relative in a nursing home and does not know what happened. So essentially, I've been focusing on the issues that the voters truly care about and making it a local election, like you said, education, crime, things that are affecting people every single day, 
small business ownership. I could give you an example. I, I was um, upstate, and in Lake George, they have these huge, um, you know, like not really hotels, but like, like kind of like bed and breakfasts on the lake. And the attorney general's office um, is the one that gives out the real estate permits. I, I met someone who's literally been waiting over 11 months just to get a phone call back. So he's sitting there with a bed and breakfast that he cannot even rent out the rooms. These are the type of regulations, these, these mandates that I, I believe in fighting regarding the, the uh, vaccination mandates. These are things that are affecting small businesses. And in our city and our state, we have a diverse pool of small business owners. It's people from every type of background. So when people's pockets are affected, and when people are affected by crime and when people are affected by what happened with the COVID nursing homes, we have to get our message out to these people that we're going to fight for them. We can't, it's not just good enough to say we're not Democrats. We have to show that we're common sense conservatives that are going to deliver for the people. And, and I'm out there every day saying where I stand on the issues and I'm willing to defend myself on the issues. And I'm also willing to make Democrats have to basically publicly state where they stand. You know, I'll say that I'm against non-citizen voting, but I want my opponents to say why they're for non-citizen voting. I'm willing to say I'm for the repeal of bail reform. I want them to explain why they want to expand on these criminal justice reforms. And if we're doing that, that's the way we're going to be able to win. If we're sitting here uncomfortable and wishy-washy and afraid to fight, we're not going to win because this is our, this could be our last chance in New York State to ever win statewide or win statewide for a long time. And if we're not showing what we stand for, we're not going to win. There's a bit of the leftover generation of crooked Republicans in New York State. I mean, it is what it is. The state was carved up heavily up in Albany. Shelley Silver on one side, D'Amato on the other, the Cuomo influence in the middle of that, and other players. You talk about bringing the Republican Party together, not you know in reaction, but before that. That's going to be a problem because there are those who hold on to their power regardless of party, whether in Albany or out of Albany. And a lot of them are big businessmen, former gubernatorial candidate Palladino being one of them. They live off hundreds of millions of state contracts that fuel their companies and they rarely get into the solution. The problem So, how do you bring the Republicans together? How do you stand up to the crooked Republican establishment within the state? You've seen politicians go to jail on both sides of the aisle in New York. How do you deal with that? Well, there's there's two things. Um, you, first off, I, I don't I don't my lifelong goal has never been to run for office. I, I don't care about being governor or U.S. senator. My only goal is to be a Republican attorney general, um, the Republican attorney general. So I, I'm not you know, plotting ahead for a future to make a name for myself. I truly want to represent the people of the state of New York. I think the way you, you do this is at the local level. You, you have to get organized at the local level. You have to build out your own infrastructure, and you have to make sure that a lot of the local groups are not infighting and they're actually you know, organized, unified, and energized early on. It's almost like a grassroots effort, and I believe that's the way you do it, and also just not being afraid to fight. Um, being being savvy with with the, with the media, and and also understanding that you basically um, you know have to trust your team and and, and no one else. But I um, you know right now I, I started a couple months ago. I, I've been laying the foundation, and I'm going to just plug ahead, stay true to myself, and once elected, 
represent the best interests of the people. And I'm sure that's going to ruffle feathers on, on both sides, but that's fine. I already have my own private practice. I, I know I can build a business. I, I, I'm not doing this to enrich myself or to, like I said, you know, try to move up in the political world. And, you know, all I could do is stay true to myself and understand the pathway. And I'm under no, um, you know, I, I didn't do this thinking it's going to be easy. I didn't do this being blind to what some of the challenges are that you've noted throughout this interview. And all I could do is just, put, you know, have my plan in place and move forward with my plan. And once I'm sworn in, stay true to myself, basically. Michael Henry, a Republican attorney general candidate in the state of New York, his website, Michael Henry for a G F O R a G dot com. I think you'll get what that means for attorney general, Michael Henry for a G dot com. Uh, Michael, good luck to you. Uh, I, I have watched these challenges uh, in New York uh, when it comes to legal issues. Uh, when you look at the New York state constitution, you look at what's provided for the attorney general's office can be a big force, sometimes even more powerful Absolutely. than the governorship. And uh, good luck to you in your race. We need we need attorney generals that want to be attorney generals, not be the next governor. And I think that's what you know I bring to the table. And I thank you very much for giving me the time this morning to speak to you. Thank you, Michael. Again, michaelhenry4ag.com is the website. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.